In the name of the glorious Trinity, Father and Son and Holy Spirit, forever. Amen. Glory be to the everlasting mercies which sent you to us, O Christ, the light of the world and the life of all. Give us wisdom by your law and enlighten our impulses by your knowledge. Sanctify our souls by your truth and grant that we may be obedient to your words and may fulfill your commandments at every hour. O you who enlightens the rational with the knowledge of your greatness, do enlighten, O my Lord, our thoughts, that we may meditate upon your holy and divine scriptures at all times, O Lord of all, Father and Son and Holy Spirit forever. Amen. In 1970, the American singer-guitarist Glenn Campbell released his song titled Try a Little Kindness. You've got to try a little kindness. And the first stanza goes like this. I remember because we used to sing it in, uh, in primary school or elementary school. If you see your brother standing by the road with a heavy load from the seeds he's sowed, that means the burdens of his the fruits of his deeds or, you know, pertaining to sin. And if you see your sister falling by the way, just stop and say, you're going the wrong way. What he's telling us is that stop and make that kind, that loving, that non-condemnating judgment or correction. That's what I'd like to discuss in this episode. And I've preached this in Assyrian and I believe there are live streamings on there, um, on Facebook and YouTube, and in the English language as well. But um, I put in my heart that I'd like to share it with you, the, the podcast world out there. Are we permitted to judge? And what is judgment? Because when you speak to someone in love, in kindness, and you try to correct or point out something that is flawed, the first respond is, you can't judge me, only God can judge me. Off the bat, um, judgment is different to condemnation. Judgment, dianta, is different to chayavuta, condemnation, to eternity, to hell. We are not permitted to make that final judgment. We are not permitted to condemn people to hell or gift them with the bliss of the kingdom of heaven. We don't know. That is God's final judgment because he sees everything non-partial. He sees everything righteous. He is a righteous God. And St. Paul instructs us in his first uh, letter to the Corinthians, chapter 4, verse 5, and he writes, Therefore you should judge nothing before time until the Lord God... That is Maria, Mar, Lord, Yah, God, Eliyah, the name of God, Yah. So when the scriptures refer to Jesus as Maria Isham Shicha, it is the Lord God, Jesus Christ, praise be to his name. So judge nothing before the time until the Lord God, Maria, will come, 
who shall illuminate the secrets of darkness and reveal the imaginations of the hearts. And then there shall be praise to each one from God. So we are not permitted to make that final condemnation. Saint Ephraim the Assyrian, uh, circa 306-373, writes, Do not mock or judge someone who has fallen into sin. If we stop there, you may be saying, well, there it is. The church fathers are not permitting us to judge. But he goes on to say, but rather pray lest you fall into sin. Do not mock or judge someone who has fallen into sin. How do you know? How do you make that judgment? How do you come to that conclusion that someone has fallen into sin? So when you see someone who has fallen into sin and you have made that conclusion, you have made that righteous judgment, well, St. Ephraim tells us that we should not mock that person. We should not judge that person to condemnation. St. Ephraim is not deterring and, and uh, disallowing us to judge a tree or know a tree by its fruit, as Christ has commanded in Luke 6.44. So St. Ephraim, the fathers, and the song and judgment that we, people claim that we pass, is not that final judgment, it's a correction. It's that loving correction, that loving conclusion that we make when we see someone in, that has fallen in sin. We do not mock, we do not hate, we do not condemn. Let's examine what God is telling us in the Holy Scriptures. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 15. You shall not do evil in judgment. So when you do judge, don't do it evil. You should not, you shall not do evil in judgment. You shall not accept the face of the poor, neither the face of the great. But in righteousness, listen to this. Stop your washing of the dishes, stop your vacuuming, pull, pull over to one side, take heed. This is God speaking in the book of Leviticus. But in righteousness, judge your fellow man. Correct your fellow man. Rebuke your fellow man in righteousness, in love, in mercy. Now that verse is about not showing partiality. Yes. St. Jerome uh, Circa 347-420 writes, For each individual is to be judged not by his personal importance, is to be judged not by his personal importance, but by the merits of his case. He's commenting on Leviticus 19.15. His wealth need not stand in the way of the rich man if he makes a good use of it, just because he's wealthy doesn't mean he's an evil person. And he continues, and poverty of itself can be no recommendation to the poor if in the midst of squalor and want, he fails to stay away from wrongdoing. So just because someone is poor doesn't make them a saint if they do not stay away from wrongdoing. And just because someone is rich doesn't make that person evil if the person does good with his wealth. So he's commenting on Leviticus 19.15 that let's not show partiality in our judgment 
but in righteousness, God, the Father, creator of heaven and earth. When we claim that only God can judge me, well, that God that you permit and accept his judgment, that same God is instructing and commanding us that if we pass judgment, make it righteous, not impartiality. And Jesus expands on this in John chapter 7, verse 24. Do not judge with partiality, but judge, i.e. correct, rebuke, just, justly, righteously. Judge a just judgment, correct, justly. Rebuke justly. Now, by what measures can we judge, correct, rebuke? Jesus gives us that in John 12, 48. Whoever rejects me and does not receive my words, that are in the scriptures, has one that judges him. The word that I have spoken, that shall judge him in the last day. There is the means of our judgment. When we see, when we comment, when we conclude, when we rebuke, when we judge, etc., etc., we are instructed to do it righteously by judging according to the standards, standards of Christ, according to Christ's standards found in the Scriptures and incorporated in the church canons and laws. We don't always need to quote scripture. We can also encourage and remind each other of the church canons and laws. But let us be careful. If we're going to judge, we do not judge to condemn to hell or eternal judgment or hopelessness. We do not write people up. We have not been given that permission, that encouragement, that right in the Holy Scriptures or the church itself. Now, you may be saying, Rabbi, um, let me give you some verses where I'm going to derail this episode now and I will say, bring it on. <laughs> you may be saying, on the other hand, Jesus commands not to judge Amen. Matthew 7, 1. You shall not judge lest you be judged. Right? I think the, the, my reply would be the second half or second part of that uh, verse. You shall not judge lest you be judged. Why is Jesus telling us do not judge? He continues, For with the judgment that you judge, you will be judged. And with the measures that you measure, it will be measured to you as well. So if I want to point my finger at someone and correct and rebuke and judge and make a conclusion, come to a conclusion, I must have passed that judgment upon myself. If I fail miserably, then I dare not judge my friend because the blind will be leading the blind. You know, Jesus gave that parable. If two blind men are leading one another, they will both, both fall in the pit. So if we not show pity, 
if we not doing love, if we not express mercy in our judgment, in our correction, then we too will be judged with that standard. James chapter 2, verse 13. The judgment is without mercy against him who does not practice mercy, but with mercy you have dominion over judgment. Christ rebuked. Christ made, made a judgment. He came to a conclusion because he is God, praise and glory be to his name. And he was done in love. He came to correct man. He came to bring man back, reinstate man back to the state he was in, the same state when he was created. He came to reconcile man with God. So if we want to pass judgment and rebuke and make comments, our intention, our motive should be only to bring back that brother and that sister back to the righteousness of the truth of Jesus Christ. And as I mentioned last Sunday, the truth of Jesus, listen up everyone, listen to this very, very carefully, okay? Listen very carefully. The truth of Jesus Christ found in the scriptures, in the church canons and laws, will not be at all defaulted or... or um or affected by politics, by tolerance, by philosophy of the world. The truth of Jesus Christ will not be affected at all by any politics, any tolerance, or any philosophy, psychology, whatever you want to call it. The truth of God will remain. The truth of the scriptures will remain until the Lord returns. Because Jesus said, it is by those truth, which is in the word, that he will judge you and I. And, and if you missed it, go back a little bit, go back a few 10 seconds intervals, and you will hear it again. The brother and the sister, meaning our Christian brothers and sisters, members of the household, in particular, we are to look out for and to make that judgment, to correct, to rebuke, to bring back to morality, to bring back to the light of Christ, to the truth of the scriptures, to bring back to the new life that is with Jesus Christ to bring back to God the Father through Jesus Christ because we are not only made in the image and likeness of God, we are the children of God because we believe in Jesus Christ, because we have been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Jesus Christ and of the Holy Spirit, which is the baptism of Jesus Christ. We've been put to death, we've been clothed, we become the children of God. Listen to this very carefully. Intently, we become the children of God only when we have believed in Jesus Christ and have been baptized in his holy name. So in particular, of the household, our brothers and sisters, we are to look out for and to judge. St. Paul instructs the Corinthians in his first epistle, chapter 5, verses 12 to 13. For what business have I to judge outsiders, outside of the faith? Judge, the in there it is. There it is. You can't judge me. Only God can judge me. 
Only God and Jesus Christ can judge me. Amen to that, that eternal damnation, of course. But the scriptures are telling us, instructing us. Oh, St. Paul was a mere man. St. <laughs> Paul was a sexist. St. Paul was biased, you know, all these blasphemies. Why? You know why? Because St. Paul said it as it is. He didn't sugarcoat it like some preachers are sugarcoating today. He didn't sugarcoat. He said it as it is. Judge the insiders. Let me tell you, St. Paul on the road to Damascus, Jesus Christ the only Son of God, God incarnate, appeared to him and called him his chosen vessel. You love Jesus, you need to love St. Paul, you need to listen to St. Paul. Jesus says, he who receives you receives me. St. Paul says, imitate me because I imitate Jesus Christ. He is instructing us not to worry about the outsiders, just to pray that they come to the light of Jesus Christ. But the insiders, judge the insiders, but God judges the outsiders. That's why I said pray that they come into the light of Jesus Christ, the truth of the true one true God through Jesus Christ. Remove the evil one from your midst. We are, stick, we are to stick to one another, beloved. We are to worry about one another. We are to um, stress about one another. We are to lose sleep about one another as children of God, as Christians. We have to look out for one another. Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 to 2, St. Paul writes, My brethren, if any of you should be overtaken by a fault or a sin, you who are in the Spirit, do not compromise, do not be loving and, and, and encourage. No, you who are in the Spirit should restore him in the spirit of humility because you've made that judgment that this brother is in fault, he is in sin. Because of his deeds, his or her deeds, or the words that come out of the mouth, or the lifestyle. You who are in the spirit should restore him in the spirit of, there it is, humility, love, mercy, kindness, kindness, not condemnation. And be cautious, lest you also be tempted. Be cautious, lest you also begin to compromise and tolerate. Be very careful. And bear the burdens of one another, for in this way you fulfill the law of Jesus Christ. This is how we honor and love and respect Jesus Christ, by fulfilling, by obeying his laws. Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron and a man sharpens the person of his neighbor. Look out for one another. Rebuke one another, judge one another in loving, in kindness, in humility to bring back one more time. And this, again, the righteous judgment. However, we need to be very careful to avoid hypocrisy. Hypocrites, Jesus says in Matthew 7, 5, first cast out the plank from your own eye and then you will see to cast out the chip from your brother's eye. When you have passed the judgment on yourself and your conscience is clear, then you may dare in loving kindness, mercy. I keep repeating this because people twist words nowadays in loving kindness, in mercy, 
with the only motive and intention is to bring back and to restore that brother, to 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 cause that brother grief and sorrow, not joy and happiness. Because when you cause, cause the brother and sister grief and sorrow who are in sin in this world, you will then gain them that eternal joy in the kingdom of heaven. You want people to be joyful and happy in sin, in error on this earth, then you are paving the way for eternal sorrow distant from the presence of God. And to conclude, I'd like to share with you some of the some of the hymns of the Church of the East, and in particular the liturgy of the burial of the deceased. We sing, those who have been rejected by their deeds, the door of the wedding feast will not be open unto them. Now, are we going to dare to say, well, the church fathers are judging and they have no rights to do that? Well, read Matthew chapter 25 before you pass, before we pass any judgment. See, that's not a righteous judgment. Matthew chapter 25, those who have been rejected by their deeds, because their deeds are evil, the door of the wedding feast will not be open unto them. Abraham will not refresh those who are burning in the flames of fire. Luke 16, 19, 31, parable of Lazarus and the rich man. The judge will not forgive those who have not repented. These are, this is a, a thousand, probably 1,400-year-old liturgy, beloved. The church fathers wrote this, inspired by the Holy Spirit, and quoting scripture. The judge will not forgive those who have not repented. Luke 13, 3 to 5, unless you repent, you also shall perish. For this reason, this is the correcting that we need to, we need to begin to, to pass on to our brothers and sisters in sin. This is the judgment. This is the rebuking. For this reason, take refuge in repentance. O my soul, and say, I have sinned against you, O Lord. Have pity and mercy upon me. Now, thems are judging words to me. That the door will not be open. There will be no forgiveness. The flames will not be extinguished. And we sing in one of the hymns of uh, the the hymns of the communion. While while the the faithful are being uh, uh, receiving communion, we sing. We have hope. We sing it, but I know we don't even know what we're singing at times. Well, we sing it. We like to hear it because of the tune and it's sad. But, but this is what we're saying. Anyone who is intoxicated by the cup, meaning the blood of Christ, anyone who approaches the cup and thinks that they're going to have a, a sip of wine and make a mockery of it, fire will be seen as refreshing to him. You work that one out. I'm not going to expand on this. Anyone who is intoxicated by the precious blood of Jesus Christ that, it be, that is being served in the cup, fire will be seen as refreshing to him. So, yes, we have been permitted. We are encouraged through the scriptures to judge, to correct, to rebuke, to bring in order to bring into repentance, but in love, in mercy, and not in hypocrisy. And in what order? Here it is. Judge righteously through the scriptures, 
through the church canons, through the liturgical sacraments, through the church fathers. Judge in pity, in love, in care and mercy. Be sure to have judged yourself first. Be sure to have looked in the mirror first. And then do not judge to condemn to eternal hell. But our righteous judge is Jesus Christ. And when we want to pass that judgment, we want to correct, we pray that the Lord will grant us the prudence, the love, the mercy that he possesses. We pray to the Lord that he will grant us the knowledge of the righteous judgment that he passes and that we too may, through his grace and through his mercy, by his permission, by his direction, make that judgment to bring our brother or sister from death to life, from a state of being lost in a state of being found in Jesus Christ. Praise and glory be to his holy name, now and at all times and forever. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Please don't forget to rate and review this podcast and share with your friends and family. For any future topic suggestions or to give us detailed feedback, please visit our link in the show notes, linktr.ee forward slash double-edged sword. Until next time, God bless you all.